You are listening to the podcast of the Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. CBMW exists to promote the Bible's teaching on men, women, and marriage. Learn more at cbmw.org. I'm Colin Smothers, Executive Director of CBMW. I'm Denny Burke, and I'm the President of CBMW. And today we have a guest with us named Todd Pruitt. And Todd Pruitt is a pastor in the Presbyterian Church of America. And Todd, I want to ask you to introduce yourself. Tell us about your church and uh, tell us about uh, what you do. Yeah. Well, uh, I was born and raised Southern Baptist, so um, uh, I have a lot of affinity with my with my Southern Baptist brothers and sisters. I was uh, educated at a Southern Baptist university and a Southern Baptist uh, seminary. I, I got my Master of Divinity from Midwestern Baptist Theological mm-hmm. Seminary and, um, and was a Southern Baptist Youth pastor, First Baptist Church, Moore, Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City, and uh, was uh, the first pastor of Metro East Baptist Church in Wichita, Kansas, for nine years until my my theological convictions changed, and um, I ended up becoming a Presbyterian. And so I've been the pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Harrisonburg, Virginia, for ten years now, and um, uh, that. That's uh, that's what I, I've I've been doing, and uh, I'm I'm here. You know, about half of the PCA are former Baptists, so we all <laughs> kind of have a bit of a club. You know. Yeah, I attended a Presbyterian church for a period of time in the uh, early, like around 2000, 1999, 2000, and there were a lot of former Southern Baptists <laughs> running right. around there for the time that I was there. Yeah, now, yeah. Uh, our listeners should know that you're also one of the hosts of the Mortification of Spin podcast that you co-host yeah. with Carl Truman. Yes. And so you're super engaged with not just the, the PCA, but also with what's going on in evangelicalism mm-hmm. at large. But today we're having you on because uh, you, you all just finished uh, your Presbyterian Church in America General Assembly, yes. which is your annual denominational meeting. Mm-hmm. And we noted that you guys had a number of items dealing with gender and sexuality and, and, and complementarianism yeah. that were on your agenda. And you actually made some decisions, uh, uh, some pretty significant decisions along these lines. And so we mm-hmm. wanted to have you on because at um, CBMW, obviously, th- those are the things that we are very much yeah. interested in. And we're very much interested in what's going on in the churches and denominations. Mm-hmm. And so our goal was to have you on to come in here and explain it to us and to explain it to our listeners and the significance of it. So let me just, um, I'm, I'm going to launch right in here. Yeah. Um, I noticed at least two actions uh, related to women preaching and worship mm. services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looked like there was one disciplinary action yes. or the beginning of a disciplinary action. And then another overture number 15 um, having to do with this. Can you explain yeah. those to us and what's at stake? Yeah. Uh, so we, we, um, we we had a church in um, uh, the New York Presbytery. I think there, are, we, I think we have two presbyteries in New York, and this would have been Metro New York Presbytery, a church I believe it's located in Rye, New York. Um, had um, over a year ago, two years ago maybe, uh, Fleming Rutledge. I don't, I'm sure you guys know who Fleming Rutledge is. She's a, um, a, a an Episcopalian priest, um, well known preacher. Um, and actually, uh, I know I know for a period of time she attended this particular PCA church, and uh, nothing against uh, Mrs. Rutledge uh, personally, um, but they had her preach on a Sunday morning, and um, some people 
noticed this because it was posted publicly and um, some complaints were sent to the New York Metro Presbytery that they needed to look into this. New York Metro Presbytery, uh, which is not one of our most conservative presbyteries, as you can imagine, conducted a, um, uh, a an investigation and uh, they ruled that nothing that there was nothing biblical that happened. And what it, what had happened was, is that, uh, the, the, uh, the leadership of that particular church went in retroactively and changed certain wording. Like, so from the, um, from the, uh, the video and, and the audio section of their webpage, in, they changed the word sermon, which had been there. It had been their sermon, Fleming Rutledge. They changed it to Bible study. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and, 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 Part of the way our polity works in the PCA is that, um, uh, you know, you're responsible. Churches are responsible to have a sermon on Sunday mornings, every Sunday morning. You're responsible for that. And um, and and they had and this is another big deal for us in the PCA. They had the Lord's Supper. That morning as well, and it is against our polity to have the Lord's Supper without having a sermon beforehand. Like you can't do that because. Um, um, our, our theology is such that, um, the ordinance, the, um, the, the ordinances or, or what we would call the sacraments, um, have to function under the proclamation of the word. And so, you know, you, th they ran into problems and they were trying to retroactively sort of fix it, but, but the investigation from the presbytery said, ah, you know, nothing to see here. Hmm. So, uh, a, a, a presbytery, um, filed charges against the New York Metro presbytery. And according to our book of church order, that then when there's been, and, and the language of our book of church order is when there's been a, 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 a an, an egregious error, um, that has to be referred to our highest church court, which is the standing judicial commission. That's kind of like the Presbyterian church in America's Supreme court. And there were guys that were arguing against that, you know, but, but the problem is, is that our BCO requires this. That when there's been this level of error, and we were we were successfully able to to argue that this presented that sort of an error because it had to do with our sacramentalism, had to do with our uh, theology of preaching, and what happens in Lord's Day services. I mean, those things are prescribed for us, um, as well as, of course, you cannot have a woman preach in your church in the in the PCA. You can't. Women cannot preach in the church, um, and so the the presbytery showed themselves to be delinquent in their duties in that and so it was successfully by an overwhelming vote um referred on to the standing judicial committee so there's going to be a church trial um and the defendant will be the new york metro presbytery over this issue um and not the they, church the entire presbytery the, the presbytery yep the new york metro wow. presbytery so so that was one issue and that was a what what happens if they're convicted yeah well um that's a good question um my my suspicion and if they're wise is that they'll write a statement of repentance on that and then it can be resolved um but we'll we'll see what the outcome was so but there, it, there is an opportunity for that it's not just pull the yes, trigger correct you're out there could correct. be some remedies even even if Ab there's a conviction in the court absolutely absolutely and so, but, but, you know, so, so there's a, there was a substantive win uh, there, but also symbolically it, it, it the, the, um, the overwhelming vote on that um, was again, a signal 
that um, the center has shifted in a more conservative direction in the PCA. Mm. And, and really we, we have revoice to thank for that. Right. You know, mm-hmm. because, and, and Southern Baptists, you know, I, I remember dinnertime conversation when I was a kid during the conservative resurgence, my parents were very active in our church. Um, they, they, they would attend the Southern Baptist convention. They were on the, you know, they were mm-hmm. rooting for the conservative resurgence back in the late seventies and early eighties. And I remember those dinnertime conversations. I remember learning about the state of Southern seminary at that time. And when some of those issues of sexuality came out, boom, the laity got energized. Well, it was a similar thing with the PCA. We were kind of doopty duping along. Our more progressive brothers had a lot of wind in their sails and then revoice hit. And, and, and our ruling elders and our laity woke up at that point. Wow. And so, so, so this was a, a, a very good step in that. And, and attached to that, um, we, um, we passed um, an an overture to add language to our book of church order. Now, the way that works for us is, first of all, an overture has to come to the General Assembly. The overture committee will debate it for the two days prior to the General Assembly. And I was on overtures committee this year. We work two full days on into the night um, prior to to the General Assembly. And and then you're in the middle of the whole process. Oh, yeah, yeah. And if it passes overtures committee, then it goes to the floor of the general assembly to be voted on this passed overwhelmingly in overtures committee. And it passed quite significantly on the floor of general assembly. And this was the, the, the overture. And, and, and the next step is that this year now, uh, all of the presbyteries will be voting on this overture, whether or not we should have updated language on this particular point of our BCO. If it gets two thirds of the presbyteries, then it comes back to the general assembly next year. And if it gets a simple majority vote, then, then this line will be added to our BCO. And here's what it is. Um, uh, the overture that was approved this year now to be hopefully approved by our presbyteries, this, um, I'll read you the whole statement. It's just, it's just two sentences. Um, This is current language. It's from our Book of Church Order, Chapter 7.3. No one who holds office in the church ought to usurp authority therein or receive official titles of spiritual preeminence, except such as are employed in the Scripture. So in other words, um, uh, uh, we we only use the, the words for the offices of elder and deacon and then the title of pastor, which falls under the the ministry of elder. And then this is what we voted to add. Furthermore, unordained people shall not be referred to as or given the titles connected to the the ecclesial offices of pastor, elder, or deacon. What this is meant to correct is that um, we have, so so with the PCA, um, both elders and deacons must be qualified men. We, we don't have, we do not ordain women as deacons. Now, the problem is, is that we have some, some of our churches have been fl- pl- playing fast and loose with the rules. And so they'll have ordained deacons who are men, but then they'll quote commission women as deacons, the same service with them. And it becomes very confusing that way. Or we have some churches that just stopped ordaining men as deacons altogether. If we can't ordain women, then we're not going to ordain men, but that's against the book of church order because the book of church order requires every church to have ordained deacons. So 
you know, th this is kind of what we've what we've been juggling. But what this additional sentence in our BCO seeks to remedy is any PCA church referring to a woman as a pastor or an elder or a deacon. And that's really just upholding the spirit of our BCO, which says that those offices are for qualified men only. And um, and this just seeks to kind of narrow the, the wiggle room that some churches have been trying to find. And, and there was um, also an, an over an overture fifteen, right? Mm -hmm. That yep. um, that attempt to codify that women can't preach. Yes. To the assembled and, Christians. Correct. Yes. And so um, here it is right here. Um, and, and what we did, so, so the overture was that um, th this is how, how the language that was submitted to the overtures committee. Um, this is how the language read. No woman shall preach, exhort, or teach at a public worship assembly, including assemblies or chapel services where men are present in any congregation educational institution or gathering overseen by the church or one of its agencies. Now that's wow. sweeping. I mean, can you imagine that coming to the wow. floor of the SBC now? Yeah. Now wow. what we, what, what, so the, that, that, yeah. now let me make sure I understand yeah, this. Yeah. That sounds to me like you're not just saying she, a woman can't preach at the, in a worship service, fall by right. communion. Mm -hmm. it, if you're in an RUF event, right. That's or, right. Uh, you know, a seminary chapel, a seminary chapel, a, uh, a chapel service at Covenant College. Yeah, so Sunday any, school, any mm -hmm. Sunday school of teaching. Um, well, so it's got to be the whole assembly. It looks like. Yeah, it's got to be the whole assembly. Um, and and so part of so we ended up this this particular overture didn't get through overtures committee. It had it had a majority of support. Um. But Overtures Committee voted to send it back to the to the Presbyterian that wrote it without prejudice, meaning it's an invitation for them to perfect the wording a little bit more because okay. there were too many guys that had questions of application. There were guys who were supportive of the spirit of it, but were concerned that it needed shoring up on some of its specifications or or, or it might um, founder um, in the presbytery process. And so our hope is that, and, and, and the presbytery will, will gladly do it. They, some of the men who were in that presbytery were, were there in overtures. They're, they're ready to go. They're ready to spend now the next year working with some people to really perfect the wording. But, but that the essence of that overture is going to come back to us, I would imagine, at next year's General Assembly. So Will you the, be on the overtures committee again. Um, I was on it two years in a row. That's the most I can be. So I won't be on it this year. And, um, uh, but, um, hopefully someone good from our president, we, uh, every presbytery is, is given, um, opportunity to have at least two commissioners on a ruling elder and a teaching elder on overtures committee. And so, yeah. you know, like, like, so this year we had, I think 120 some odd guys in overtures yeah. committee um so and and you know the, the 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 everything went really well i mean if you're if you're a if, if you're a conservative confessionalist in the pca 
um, the overtures committee has gone really well the last few assemblies. That sounds really like a, a pretty powerful statement that you made in the one that passed and in the one that may be coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's time. it's really clear because because part of the concern is that there's been confusion here. Um, when when so, for instance, when a, a, a woman speaks in a chapel service of our seminary or our college, um, that's confusing. I mean, at best, the best thing you can say about that is it's confusing um, because they would call those chapel services, they, they will call them worship services. And if they are worship services of one of our institutions, then they have to be overseen ultimately by the general assembly, by the elders of the church. And, um, and so therefore they, they are in a way, a worship service of the, of the larger church. And we make it very clear that that is not an activity that scripture uh, allows even the best mm-hmm. of women uh, to do. Preaching is very clearly, um, and, and the other thing that it does is that, um, so, you know, the way that we look at each element of our corporate worship services is that, you know, from the, from the call to worship at the very beginning of the service to the benediction at the very end, um, those are all uh, means of biblical exhortation to the whole body and, sh- and, and are therefore most properly exercised by, qual- by, by qualified office holding brothers in Christ. Mm, yeah. Um, and so, you know, and again, this is, this is, you know, Presbyterian formality. Uh, you know, we see each element of the, the, the service must be prescribed in scripture and, and each element of that service is in one way or another, an exhortation from scripture. Uh, you know, the call to worship, the scripture reading, uh, the pastoral prayer benediction, of course, the sermon, um, the administration of the Lord's supper and baptism, um, those are all in in one form or another. A, 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 a you are exhorting the congregation, yeah. and so therefore, and and so, and we've got we've got brothers who disagree on that. They think that everything but the sermon can be done by a woman, and most of us, I think, I, I'm well, I know at this point, most of us who attend general assembly disagree with that. Mm. Um, so that that will that the, the that overture. The spirit of that is going to be coming back at next year's, and we'll and we'll. I'll, I'll be interested to see. How, I, I I imagine they're going to do an excellent job of uh, shoring it up in, in terms of its clarity and uh, eliminate as as much confusion as possible. That, that's really fascinating that you had such a parallel thing happening in the PCA. Yeah, you know, Colin and I, we're, we both happen to be Southern Baptist. CBMW is comprised of people from lots of different denominations, right. but both of us happen to be Southern Baptist, but we had, you know, very similar things yeah, happening exactly um, at our annual meeting, yeah. including a, a revision of our confessional statement, clarifying right. uh, pastor, elder, overseer of the same office, right. um, you know, precisely concerned about some people being called pastors. Right. And yeah, so it, it just, it's interesting, the parallels that were going on, mm-hmm. Uh, between our, our our two meetings yeah. there, which and makes you know, me think it makes me think maybe there's something going on from the outside pushing in, not exactly. just on one Christian assembly, yeah. but on lots of different denominations, and we're all having to to answer this right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, you look at ACNA, you look at um, 
uh, Christian Missionary Alliance, uh, who unfortunately folded on the issue. But I mean, this is the spirit of the age, right? I mean, it 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 was controversial thirty years ago. It's infinitely more controversial now. Um, I mean, you know those that you know those things I just read to y'all. Um, you know, can, can you imagine once Beth Allison Barr finds out about that? Mm-hmm. Uh, she's going to be all over Twitter going after the PCA. She might leave you guys alone for a little while and come <laughs> after the Neanderthals well, of know. the PCA. <laughs> I don't know. Well, let me ask you this. Um, I saw at least three overtures that looked like they were aimed at addressing ordination. Yeah. Um, and those who may call themselves gay Christians. Now, right. it didn't say it in those terms, but right. having paid attention to what's been going on, you mentioned Revoice a while ago. Yeah. Um, it looked like they're addressing um, you know, so-called celibate gay Christianity and right. those who would um, take vows of ordination. Yeah. So what I noticed was uh, overture 23, 29, 31, but mm-hmm. it's maybe especially 23. I don't know. Can yeah. you explain those and, yeah, so, and tell us what all this is, what all this means? Yeah. Yeah. So we had four or five, um, uh, what, what some of us just refer to in shorthand as, as revoice overtures come up. So ever since that first, revoice conference in the summer of 2018 that was hosted at a pca church which is no longer a pca church uh, memorial presbyterian in st louis ever since uh, and headed up by a southern baptist so again you know just the connections keep going um but ever since then you know that was a real that was a real wake-up call and um you know we're 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 thankful that that the folks at revoice are still saying you know that marriage should only be between a man and a woman. Glad I'm glad they're saying that. Unfortunately, what some people have thought is that oh well, they're saying you know we're we're all we're, we're all agreed. We're all saying the same thing, and of course we're not all saying the same thing when it comes to, um, I mean, their the errors of revoice and so-called side B Christianity touch on doctrines as far ranging as our doctrine of regeneration, our doctrine of sanctification, um, uh, the, the doctrine of of the human body, the doctrine of of I mean you know all of our kind of biblical anthropology, all of those things. And, and it introduces some real doctrine of sin and, and it all, you know, is, is very significant and it's caused a great deal of division in the church. And so, so since then, you know, the, the very first thing we did after 2018 is that the very next year, 2019, um, we passed an overture that was hotly debated on the floor, um, to commend the Nashville statement as a biblically faithful statement on human sexuality, which of course it is. And, uh, that was hotly debated. You know, our, our progressives were, were in high dungeon over that. Um, but, but it, it passed, it passed by a good solid majority. Um, and then we went to work from that point on, on overtures that would specifically try to draw a, a, a very, very thick line, keeping, side B homosexuality outside of our bounds. And, uh, uh, so, uh, two years ago we passed overwhelmingly an overture, two overtures that would, that would do that, that would add language to our book of church order that would ensure that, uh, 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 uh men who, who refer to themselves or hold to any kind of an identity of, of quote, gay Christian, that they could not serve in ordained office. They can be a member of the church, you know, as long as they're not practicing homosexuals and they, and they're, but, but, but you cannot 
hold to the theology of revoice and hold to a gay identity and and hold sacred office in the PCA. That was the, the intention of those overtures. Passed in General Assembly two years ago, could not quite get two-thirds of the required presbyteries. Came close, but not quite. So it came back the next year, passed another um, you know, kind of revoice overture, same thing, passed in General Assembly, didn't quite get two-thirds presbyteries. And so now we're back again. And some of them were saying, when are you going to give up on this? And, you know, we've just kept saying, well, we're not, um, we're, we're going to keep at this. And so the overture that passed, uh, last week, and it, and it passed by a very large margin, this overture passed by a vote of, um, 1,673 to 223. Mm. Um, and here, and here's the, uh, the word, this would be added to our book of church order. In, in chapter eight, it deals with um, ordination. Um, he that fills this office should possess a competency of human learning. This is a part that's already there, a competency of human learning and be blameless in life, sound in the faith and apt to teach. He should exhibit a sobriety and holiness of life becoming of the gospel. And this is the language that would be added. He should conform to the biblical requirement of chastity and sexual purity in his descriptions of himself and in his convictions, character, and conduct. So that speaks, you know, directly to the the revoice issue. And what I like about this wording is that it, it doesn't really have a time stamp on it. You know, it 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 doesn't deal with language that might be out of date five years from now. Um, but but clearly is a rebuke to side B theology or revoice theology, because it addresses not only um, his chastity, but also in the way that he describes himself mm, yeah. and that those convictions uh, have to be shaped by, by the biblical uh, sexual ethic. And so therefore, if two thirds of our presbyteries pass this, and the word is, is that it probably will We've got some guys who have fold now and are going to go ahead and vote for this. Hmm. Um, uh, what, what this will do then is it will give a presbytery or a church's session, any one of the church courts, it will give them something constitutional now to, to file a complaint against any officer in the PCA that calls himself a gay Christian. We will now have something, if this passes, and we're praying that it will, we will now have a constitutional way to um, to discipline uh, yeah. that, that that brother. Would it? Would it? Can you tell or predict what the Presbyterians will do mm -hmm. based in any way on the votes in the General Assembly? Yeah, Is that? Well, does, I, are I, those connect? Can you predict? The, yeah, any? yeah. I, th this year, the the vote. This is this is the two years ago when our general assembly was in St. Louis of all places. And we passed our first two quote, you know, revoice um, overtures, which I thought were excellent. Um, it got um, a very, very strong majority of the votes. I think there were about out of the um, 2,300 commissioners that were there voting commissioners, only about 400 voted against it. Now you would hope that everybody would, vote for it. But anyway, only about 400 voted against it. So it had a very, very strong majority, um, but it still failed to get two thirds of the presbyteries. Um, this one, 
passed by a larger percentage at General Assembly. And I've heard from some of the more progressive guys that they voted for it and will vote mm. for it in Presbytery. Oh, uh, I, I, yeah, I think I think part of it is they desperately want the issue to go away. Mm. Um, th- I mean, this this whole issue and, you know, this is why, you know, we, we sometimes speak about our, our debt to heresy. Um, the, the shifting of the center of the PCA, which had started to become a little more progressive, it's shifted now in a better direction, a more confessional yeah. direction. And in some ways, we owe that to Revoice. I mean, they, that's not what they yeah. wanted, but but that's what that that's what happened. And I think what what some of our more progressive guys see is that every year they fight against this is actually not helping their cause. Like they've been losing wind in their sails each year. I think they've been hoping that this is just going to go away and people are going to get tired of it. That is not what's happened. Todd, you mentioned. So that. I, th- I think some guys are going to vote for it just out of strictly pragmatic purposes. But I do think we're going to get it this year. You mentioned that Memorial Presbyterian Church was the yeah. first to host the Revoice yeah. conference. You know, Nate Collins, uh, yeah. Southern Baptist, formerly. Famously, he joined the PCA yeah. almost to f- try to find a more hospitable home for right. Revoice theology. And then when that didn't work, um, you know, it seems like Memorial Presbyterian with Greg Johnson, et cetera, they left the PCA. Just uh, bring us up to date. Where is Memorial Presbyterian Church now? Are they a part of another Presbytery. Yeah. I mean, are they so they are they they are denominational less at this point. They do not have a denominational home. Doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of Presbyterianism? <laughs> well, you would think, right? Um, yeah. So it was interesting because some of us were speculating uh, that they were going to leave at some point, and sure enough, they did. What surprised some of us was that they hadn't secured another denominational home yet. And here's uh, Greg had on his Twitter feed over a year ago, you know, or, or whenever they, they announced that they were leaving, whenever they had that congregational vote, you know, he had said something about how, you know, they were um, likely to, to try to, to, to join the EPC, the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. Now, if, if our folks don't know what EPC is, EPC is another you know, conservative Presbyterian denomination. Um, you know, they, they uphold the biblical sexual ethic. And there's a lot of brothers in the EPC that are very strongly against um, revoice. I mean, you you have some guys in the EPC that are as opposed to revoice as I am. Um, but but what the EPC does is it allows if a church wants to ordain women as elders, they have that option. They don't have to. An EPC church can say we will not ordain women as elders, but an EPC church can. So that's where we disagree with them. Um. And so Greg had said, hey, you know, maybe we should join the EPC. The problem is um, you'll meet a lot of EPC guys that do not want that trouble in their presbytery, in, in, in their denomination. They saw the division that Revoice caused. They saw the upset that it caused and the disruptions that it caused in the PCA. They saw the way that Greg Johnson and Memorial Presbyterian Church um, just really attacked the peace of our denomination, and they don't want that. And and like I said, some guys in in the EPC, they they might be a little wishy washy on women elders, but I, I know plenty of guys in the EPC that are foursquare against revoice theology. And so 
it, it was never going to be a, a done deal that Memorial could just petition the EPC and find an easy way through. My guess is that they will not end up going to the EPC. My guess is that they'll end up going eco, um, you know, which is kind of the refugee group out of the PC USA, which still holds the line on homosexual practice, but are, you know, pretty sketchy in some other areas. Todd, um, what about this overture from 2022, overture 29 and overture 31 dealing with yeah. qualifications for church office office yeah. and require uh, ordination requirements and procedures? Does that relate to this discussion? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, those were, those were, you know, a couple of our revoice uh, overtures, you know, an opportunity, a, 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 an attempt to you see and part of the frustration about it, this. It, see, it it seemed like one it seemed like these two are further along than the yeah. one you just mentioned yeah because they were approved by the presbyteries well what happened was is, is that at, at the end of the day they did not get two-thirds majority uh, of the presbyteries i thought it i thought it said it passed presbyteries um one of them I read Overture 29 past Presbyterian 79. To oh, 1. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes. So, so Overture 29 from last year. You're right. Yeah. Overture 29. Um, and, and 31, it said past 77 to three. Yes. And so what, what happened was, and, and if, and if you read those and I don't have the wording in front of me, but if you read those, um, they're great, it's, they're, they're fine. But uh, one of the reasons why they passed by such a large margin is because there were pro revoice guys who were happy to vote for them oh, because okay. at, because so at the end of the day, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay. And, and so I, I remember sitting in, in, you know, in the assembly last year with a lot of brothers going, well, that's fine. I mean, we agree with the wording of those, but basically we're, they're just kind of restating what's already there. And, and there's nothing in that, in those, I mean, so, so we, we put it this way. It, those overtures from last year, if you're reading them in, in, in the spirit in which they're written, um, yeah, I think you would say, well, of course, anybody who calls himself a gay Christian, you know, that that excludes them. But yeah. we have brothers that, I mean, you know how people play with the language. You know, we have brothers who yeah, were sure. happy to say, hey, this does. In fact, I had a guy tell me straight up the reason he voted for 29 is because, quote, it will not exclude Greg Johnson. Hmm. So, wow. you know, we knew even then, we knew last year that 29 was going to do nothing to change attempts to bring something more specific um, to the table. So that's so, what we've done this year. And, and we, th I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this one's going to get the two thirds of presbyteries. I think. Um, now, I saw overture number 12, uh, mm -hmm. condemning practice of surgical and medical gender yes. reassignment. Yes. Um, could you speak to that? And mm -hmm. I'm really interested to know what the impetus was for this. Yeah. Um, the, the impetus was, you know, cause Presbyterians well, tell, everybody, tell everybody what it is first. Okay. Yeah. So, so, uh, one, one of our presbyteries sent up an overture to overtures committee this year. That would, that would be a statement petitioning, uh, federal and state governments in the United States to cease, uh, transgender reassignment surgeries um on the basis of you know the fact that it's mutilation it's a it's a uh undermining of god's design and you know attempt to overturn god's design for humanity etc cetera, etc cetera, and the damage that it does um and uh you know and and for presbyterians 
you know, it's not every day where Presbyterians petition the government for something. You know, we try to uh, kind of um, advance the, the the doctrine of the spirituality of the church that primarily the mission of the church is one that is spiritual to advance the gospel and to make disciples. But but our the, the Westminster Confession of Faith also does make a statement that says, you know, it but but in extraordinary circumstances, um, there are times um, when the church must speak into some of these kinds of civil issues. And a lot of us uh, believe that this, that, that the, the issue of transgenderism, particularly as it, as it's, you know, uh, manifest in, in surgical mutilations uh, qualifies as an extraordinary circumstance uh, because uh, you know, it, it, it's damaging image bearers of God. It's mutilating vulnerable it's mutilating children. It's mutilating people with mental illnesses, and um, and there are real theological implications on this, in terms of how God's design. You know, I I told somebody the other day. I said, you know, it's not so much that we decided to get political on this one. It's just that the the the, the state going all the way up to the office of the presidency has decided to get really religious all of a sudden on these things. They're yeah. they're, they're they're walking in our territory now. These are theological issues. You know, this isn't about tax policy or foreign policy. Um, these are theological issues, and so, so uh, a a a pres a, a uh, overture came up to send a statement petitioning, you know, local and state governments. We did this last year with abortion, um, and uh, the PCA has always held a pro life view. It's in our constitution, um, but uh, a presbytery sent up just an excellent, excellent letter to the civil authorities that was going to be sent to the president to states, governors, et cetera, on behalf of the PCA in terms of abortion. And that was done last year. And this year, just again, in terms of its timeliness, the swiftness which with, with, with which uh, these procedures are um, are being accepted. And, uh, you know, when you have president of the United States uh, saying that this is good and that he's going to, you know, support this, um, this particular presbytery with the support of the overtures committee um, said, yeah, that's good. Now um, uh, it, it, uh, it was approved. Um, you know, there were it, it, the, the vote was like 1000 and about close to 1100 versus like 750 or so. And um, 1089 to 793. Okay. There you go. And, you know, again, for me, this is a bit of a no brainer. Um, why, why so many guys would vote against it, but see, this, this is where, this is where the, the kind of, I was curious I, to seem like a high number. Why would you vote against this? You think well, it was less about the issue and more about, we shouldn't be addressing the government. There, there might've been some of that. Um, there probably was some of that. Um, but I, I know for a fact, probably the majority of those of those no votes were out of our, you know, out of our quote unquote missional camp, our more progressive guys who they they operate from the standpoint of let's not say anything that will too unnecessarily upset people. And, um, you know, the, the, their concern typically tends to be on will we alienate gay people or will we alienate transgender people? Um and uh, of course, I think their perspective is misguided. But on, on such that. a clear issue, just clear <laughs> cut, like I don't know. castrate little boys, right. don't right. Right. double mastectomies on 
you know, 13 year old girls. I mean, right. come on. Yeah. Yeah. One would think that if you're concerned about justice, that that would qualify, right? Yeah. One, one would he, think that. You uh, co-authored a, a similar resolution with Andrew Walker that passed overwhelmingly, right, at the SBC this year? Yeah. In fact, we heard about the uh, PCA overture that was coming up, um, I don't know, a month or two ago, three months ago. And um, I talked to Andrew Walker. I said, you know, we need to do this mm-hmm. for the SBC. Um, we need to have a clear statement because what we've had a statement before. In fact, Andrew and I uh, wrote a statement back in 2014 on transgenderism. But what we really thought needed to be addressed and what you guys address so well is in particular the gender reassignment surgeries, yeah. the uh, gender affirming care in general, mm-hmm. and the way that that's affecting people, especially minor children. Right. To, to make a statement about that. And I have the overture that you passed here. It says, uh, Overture 12 from Evangelical Pres- from Evangel Presbytery be answered by empowering the moderator to appoint a commission to draft a humble petition condemning the practice of surgical mm-hmm. and medical gender reassignment, especially of minors. Yeah. And so it, you know, I, I thought that was so clear. It's so mm-hmm. timely. And frankly, I wish that every Christian church and denomination could have a clear statement bearing yeah. witness because I, I think there's going to come a point where we're all going to look back on this the same way we look yeah. back on lobotomies without a doubt and phrenology, you know, we're yeah. going to go, what yeah. happened? Exactly. Who ever, this fever swept across Yeah. who, who didn't get infected by the fever, who was right. being, um, you know, sane and level headed enough to go, no, yeah. we're not going to, you, you know, amputate the sexual organs of minors. Right. Um, right. We're not going to do that. Exactly. So I thought, you know, I was really glad to see that you got, you all did that. It led to us uh, doing the same thing with SBC, which passed overwhelmingly. Yeah. Uh, but I was surprised that yeah. the number of people who were saying, I mean, it passed, you know, with a good majority, but, yeah. but I, I just it, think it should have, it should have been gotta, overwhelming. It should have been overwhelming. You, you got to know what time it is. Yeah. I wanted to howl at the moon when I saw the number of no votes on it. Again, I was glad it passed, but I I saw the number of of no votes and I just thought, good grief. Um, You know, you can you can pluck out a couple of guys, uh, you know, a few guys who would have voted against that, who are really conservative guys who would stand on a street corner with you protesting this, but don't believe that the church as the church should speak. Yeah, you'll you know, our Scott guys, you'll you'll find a few of those in there and that's fine. Um. But I, I know for a fact that, um, you know, we had brothers in there voting no because they're just really concerned that um, uh, that this will, you know, hurt our reputation in the LGBTQ community. I mean, I've speaking that, of mission, I've heard that language used. It seems like a pretty good mission to, <laughs> you know, allow well, children to mature to adulthood with their reproductive capacities right. intact. I mean, that's yeah, well, a pretty great mission, I would think. But again, it's this it's this mixed up, ill-informed uh, kind of you know missionalism, um, which is ends up uh, coming up very short in terms of compassion. I mean, if you can't if you can't easily identify as demonic, what's going on with this gender reassignment stuff? I I I don't know, I don't know how to go any further with you on that. You know, Todd. O- overall, you feel pretty good about the direction. It sounds. Oh like. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. And- yeah. It, it was it was a great general assembly. Um, 
uh, the, 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 you know, and there were several over o- other overtures that passed that had more to do with committees and that kind of thing that were, that if you're, that if you're kind of playing some PCA inside baseball, we're really encouraged as well. Um, and so it was very good. And like I said, um, you know, the, I, I really do believe that what we've seen since 2018 is a, is a, is a shifting of our center, um, to a more healthy, um, place. And, and my guess is that, you know, you've seen a similar principle, uh, similar reality at work in, in the SBC over this issue. And, and quite honestly, I did not expect like the, the thing I'll talk about you guys for a minute. I, I, I didn't expect the deal with Saddleback church to, to be as overwhelming as it was. I mean, that was encouraging. Yeah. We hope to, we're, we're probably going to do another show um, about on the aftermath of the SBC. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think going in a lot of us are writing on the wall mm-hmm. um, with that. Um, so I wasn't surprised that, that they were removed, but the margin was really, really big. It was about 88%. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was, it was overwhelming. I was not so, expecting that. Yeah. But listen, thank you so much for coming sure. in and, and talking to us about the PCA and explaining to us and our listeners about what some of these developments mean. And listen, we want a strong PCA and we want um, churches that believe the Bible. And um, I I know sometimes in these debates that we have within our denominations, it's conservatives with conservatives. Right. And um, so we know we've got brothers and sisters on the other side of some of these questions. And we just need to pray for each other that we'll be Mm -hmm. able to persuade one another towards what the scripture teaches. And I, I thank you so much for what you've reported here. I think it's just really encouraging and um we hope well, to have you again yeah appreciate sometime. it and you guys keep up the good work for listeners out there if you don't subscribe to icon i would encourage you to do that i i what what cbmw has been doing and with that journal and other excellent excellent stuff uh, there's so much, so much in the icon journal that i'm able to forward on to members of the session that i serve with our elders and it, it's just been great I mean, it's been really helpful you guys are doing seeing excellent content so thank you so much we appreciate that time resources like the cbmw podcast are made possible by generous donations from listeners like you please consider giving at cbmw.org forward slash give thanks for listening